Hi, this is Worcester County Commissioner Joe Matresic, and you're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, the best source of news and notes on Maryland politics and policy. My fellow commissioners and I look forward to welcoming you to Maryland's coast, Worcester County, for MACO's 2022 Summer Conference here in Ocean City, August 17th through 20th. Welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here with Michael Sanderson. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the event of the season that is coming up very, very soon, the Mako Summer Conference in Ocean City. We'll fill you in on all the details, what you need to know, preview all the big events, what's going on in Ocean City for Mako's week. And with us today, we have Michael Sanderson, of course, and we're very excited to have Victoria Moss. Victoria is a big part of this podcast. We are constantly collaborating with Victoria in the background. She runs all the social media. If you don't follow the Conduit Street podcast on Twitter, you should. But we're happy to finally have you on the podcast, Victoria. You're going to help us walk through the Mako Summer Conference. Victoria, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. It is so great to be here. And what better episode to join than this one? Because like you said, we've got a lot of exciting stuff to unpack. So yes, the Mako Summer Conference is quickly approaching. It will be here before we know it. If you didn't know, it's August 17th through the 20th at the Roland Powell Convention Center down in Ocean City, Maryland. And it is a completely in-person event this year. I think we're gonna we're gonna bring together a terrific event for everyone. We know like the footprint that Mako gets to occupy during the summertime in Maryland politics, and, and especially so during an election year, we get that, is, is a big deal, right? We, we become sort of a pivot for everybody who's thinking about policy and politics across our state. You know that the Mako week is going to be the time to be down in Ocean City. You get down to Worcester County, you plug in, you see all sorts of folks, and you get to look forward to you know, next year's big issues, uh, your next initiative, the things that you've been working on, you get back with stakeholders. There's an awful lot getting done in and around the conference. We're really looking forward to it. Um, we call it the Roland Powell Convention Center, but he was fish to everybody. So that's sort of a colloquialism, fish Powell to anybody who knew him. <laughs> uh, so, 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 I mean, we've been doing this down at the convention center in Ocean, Ocean City for an awfully long time, right? It's been how many years now? 70? Is that right? Yeah, I think this is our 70th time in Ocean City for the, the summer conference. And that is quite a milestone. The, the, the first Mako summer conference in Ocean City was actually held at the George Washington Hotel. And Michael, I think that was even before your time. And I don't know that we've ever said that on this podcast because normally it's, <laughs> oh, Michael, you were there when, when whatever, X, Y, Z. But on this one, I don't even think you were there for the first Mako summer conference at the George Washington Hotel in Ocean City. Can you confirm? It's all true. I missed it. And like George Washington and I were not contemporaries. I can also dispel that rumor. So, Oh, man. But Victoria, speaking of hotels, there is an economic component to this of of Mako being in Ocean City for Worcester County, for Ocean City. Can just just talk about like a rough estimate. How many hotel room nights are associated with the summer conference? Because that really kind of puts things in perspective with what we're talking about here. 
Oh, absolutely. So we're talking a minimum of around 3,500 room nights. And the real number is a lot more than that because we're talking 3,000 attendees and their families, you know, bringing aunts and uncles down to the, the shore as well to join in, making it into a family vacation. So this is huge for the county. And we've heard that from the county as well. They're excited to have us. They can't wait. They aim that it's around 6,000 rooms. So we'll just go with thousands and thousands. I like it. Huge economic driver for Worcester County, for Ocean City. And we're excited about that. But but let's get into to this year's theme and that is taking care of business. Michael, talk about the significance of that theme and how we got there. Well, every year we try and take a concept and sort of build the conference around a little bit of vision. It doesn't mean every single hour-long window of content is going to connect directly to it, but having an overriding theme it sort of brings some coherence to the whole to the whole event. Um, taking care of business, I think, came through our planning committee. We have elected and appointed officials in county governments who help guide and build out the structure for each of these conferences. I, I think the whole idea was a forward-looking note as we're working through the remainder of this this health pandemic and all the economic consequences of it and so forth. Um, we know that you know, to some degree the word business in its formal sense are the private sector and where do they still need help and guidance, but also sort of minding the store sense of business. I think, you know, um, getting back on the horse and those sorts of things is on counties' minds. So there'll be a lot of lessons learned from the last few years. What are the next steps? Where do we find partners? Where do we collaborate? And where do we start launching forward? So public health and public safety are very much a priority, but county government leaders were also like exploring avenues to boost and support local businesses, all those sorts of things. So that's what the, the, the MAKO conference is supposed to be about. You show up, share your best practices and the resources that you've been using, Someone learns from you, you learn from them, whether it's in a formal session or just sitting around the lunch table, you come away with a stack of business cards and a million ideas. That's the best way this place works. 100%. That's what we are all about. And we've got a cute little catchphrase that we like to use, but it is meaningful. Something for everyone, somewhere for everyone, and someone for everyone. Our attendees, what kind of folks come to summer conference? And let me tell you, you've got pretty much everybody there. We've got county elected and appointed officials, professionals and decision makers, legislators from all over the state, state secretaries and officials, municipal officials. We've got commercial representatives and there's over 300 booths in our exhibit hall that bring people from all over the country even, and even a couple international businesses right into Ocean City. So there's about 3,000 attendees about that we know of, but we usually end up with more and you can meet anyone and everyone at conference. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think walking through that list, Victoria, really puts a stamp on it. I mean, you think about all the folks you just ran through, so if I'm a if I'm a county elected official or if I'm a, a county zoning officer, right, I can show up and I can meet with not only local legislators, but also state legislators. I have all the state secretaries and officials on site. I can talk to my municipalities. I can find out about great ideas and innovations in the exhibit hall and talk to vendors. So it really is the, a one stop shop. 
And the amount of, of, of activity and sessions and brainstorming and idea sharing that goes on during this week is, is really unbelievable. And I, and I think this year, even more so than, than previous years, I feel like this is really, really jam-packed, and there is a ton of value this year in Ocean City, August 17th through the 20th. Absolutely true. And uh, you know, uh, the, whole, the whole program is uh, the topics, that, you know, the session topics and titles and, and, and the sketch of the program is all available on the MAKO website, but it, it's not even confined to the formal program. So sure, we're going to have a session talking about environmental policy going forward, and we're going to have a session where we're talking about challenges in hiring and retaining good public sector employees. That's a good framework to build a conference around. But the way you just rattled off that list of attendees, Victoria, the kind of people who come to the MAKO conference to participate just means you have these synergies that just happen. You know, I mean, mean, you walk by one of the tables in the dining area and I look around the table and I realize that's the county engineer and the public works director and the park and rec director. And they're sitting with the Secretary of Environment and two people from the State Department of Planning, and they're all talking about some project, you know, some Riverside project that has been, you know, stuck in permitting process or something like that. But you have all the players just happen to be in the building together. Hey, we got 40 minutes right now. Let's sort this thing out right here. Um, that meeting might have taken two months to pull together to get it to happen up at Montgomery Park in Baltimore someplace. Um, it can happen on the, on the spur of the moment at the MAKO conference because we got something for everybody and they're all there. You know, building off of what Michael said, we've got all these amazing experts in their fields from all over the state and even outside of the state, all over the country, all in one place. So what does that look like as an attendee? So if you're coming to conference, you have over 30 educational sessions. And let me tell you, we were given more than 75 ideas for amazing sessions and had to whittle it down quite a bit over a couple weeks. And we have landed on some amazing topics. You've got a couple different things going on. We've got the Tech Expo, which you can't find anywhere else. There's intense technology sessions. You can see all of the latest and greatest and what's going on. Then we've got general sessions on things like infrastructure and economic development. And we've got panels focusing on everything from environment, budgeting, IT, cyber, tourism, emergency services. We've got the Academy for Excellence in Local Governance. We've got courses on that. And Michael, I'm not as familiar with the Academy. Could you expound on that for our listeners? Uh, sure. I'm, I'm thrilled to because I, I think it's it's a centerpiece of one of the things that MAKO does for, for our, mem- our members, both the elected officials and other decision makers, the, you know, the, the managers and department heads in county governments. The Academy for Excellence in Local Governance is a partnership between MAKO, our sister organization, the Maryland Municipal League. They represent cities and towns the way we do the counties and the University of Maryland and their School of Public Policy. And the whole idea is while we've got all these elected officials and county leaders and thought leaders and so forth in the room together, let's expose them to the nuts and bolts that they're going to need to do their job well. So with the university, we've built out a whole curriculum. If you come regularly to the MAKO conferences, you can check off the boxes for all these different things you can do to work toward a certificate from the University of Maryland 
basically you can become a graduate or a fellow of the academy by making sure you you round off all these different subjects. So you got to get exposed to some of these things that are kind of nuanced parts of public sector work, uh, the open meetings law and public ethics laws and you know the process of public budgeting and running effective public meetings, all those sorts of things are a little different than when you worked at the, you know, than when you were a business owner or part of the chamber of commerce or part of a nonprofit or whatever, doing these things in the public sector is different. We want to make sure all of our folks get the tools they need. So working with the university of Maryland, bring in, bring in all the right people to talk through those things. It's a real value added for our conferences and for our members. And a lot of the nuts and bolts stuff that aren't necessarily sexy, they're really important and foundational to, to what it means to being an elected official. So, uh, Victoria, you also mentioned the Tech Expo. I'm really excited about that. We've seen that uh, for a few years now. This is where you have the robots uh, driving around and there's all kinds of live and interactive displays. It, it's meant to be technology on display so you can touch it, feel it, see it. And Michael, this is, again, this is one that's evolved over the past few years. This started you know, with an idea of, hey, we need Wednesday content rolling. We want to provide more for our members, for conference attendees. But this thing is really now ballooned into entirely something different. I think even what we expected when we started it, it it's now become its own beast, if you will. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I I think, you know, the, uh, the Nito effect and, you know, wow, that is cool. Th- that's part of what Wednesday is about. But um, this has evolved into centerpiece stuff because these issues of like GIS, geographic information systems, and, and using location tools, like that used to be just the province of people who are doing land use planning and that kind of stuff. But I mean, GIS now has an application in the overwhelming share of public services. You're trying to map residents who have not yet received your latest communication about an emergency, or you're looking for areas where people don't have access to good public health. I mean, the list goes on and on where technology is increasingly central to public services. Um, I think we rode the right wave here. For I think this is the seventh year we've done the Technology Expo, and we've built out Wednesday into a day that nobody ought to miss. It's not we got some folks who will take a golf tournament. We got some folks who, you know, who, who used to think of Wednesday as travel day. Um, there's an awful lot of content on cybersecurity, on, you know, on, on all these different technologies and tools that are going to, it's, it's going to have enough value to make the whole conference worth it for an awful lot of attendees. So um, this, is, this is another one where I think we just got into exactly the right lane at about the right time. I'm really proud of it. Briefly, Victoria, I mean, can you just walk through some of what folks are going to see at the Tech Expo? Because I I just want to drive that point home that you need to be there on Wednesday. We have over 60 tech exhibits. So this is completely separate from the large exhibit hall if you're used to being at conference. This is all technology all in one place. And so we've got things like robots and drones, but then we also have important tools that you need for your government and um, for serving your constituents. So there's things like telecommunications, forecasting uncertain budget times, a lot of financial planning tools involved with that, online library services, records management, smart lighting, everything you can think of to give you the tools that you need to continue to adapt 
in this world where technology is really king. And then, Kevin, why don't you talk a little bit about what we've got with next generation 911 tech, because I know that's your favorite thing. And tell everyone about what we've got on tap Wednesday, because we're really diving deep into this. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this one. So backtracking a little bit to our last winter conference, we actually had counties, a number of counties, bring down their 911 equipment, bring down their 911 telecommunicators, their 911 specialists to take calls in Cambridge, Maryland from their home counties, right, in real time. So if I'm in Hartford County and I need to get in touch with 911, I text, I call, um, that call is routed down to Cambridge. And I, as an attendee or a participant in the conference, can watch that call in real time on site in Cambridge. And that's just an example of the, the technology that we're talking about with Next Generation 911. And we really want to highlight how amazing it is and, and what it is capable of. So at the summer conference, we're going to ramp that up. So I mentioned we had a demonstration at winter. We had a handful of counties. We're going to have even more counties now coming down. We're going to have folks on site, vendors that help make this happen, FirstNet. And, and I will link in the show notes a, a wonderful video that they put together from our winter conference that, that shows you exactly what I'm talking about. But this is now supersized, and we're going to have uh, that technology on display for everyone to see. And again, it is quite amazing if you can have somebody from Western Maryland taking calls in real time uh, from Western Maryland, and they're sitting in Ocean City, and I can sit there and watch that happen and watch how amazing technology is. It, it's really going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I know that our, our professionals in the 911 space are looking forward to it as well, showing off what that technology means. And then as a sort of a thank you to our elected officials, Mako made this an initiative, and we want to show folks exactly what we were talking about and that the investment was more than worth it. So really excited to, to, be, to be doing that on Wednesday. And I think that's going to be certainly one of the highlights for me, Victoria, uh, on Wednesday and uh, throughout the entire conference. So it's really a can't-miss day on Wednesday, make sure you're there. You, you gotta be there for the Tech Expo. You have to be there for the live demonstration of Next Gen 911. So Victoria, outside of Wednesday, we're still now not even to Thursday, right? We're not even into the meat exactly. of the summer conference, right? Talk about some of the things we're gonna see Thursday, Friday, Saturday for attendees and, and all the stuff that we're gonna be talking about and the value added for, for the participants in this conference. All right. So like Kevin just said, we only just talked through day one. So we've got a couple more days to unpack for, for you all. So some of the main content that we have going on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we have sessions that include Senator Chris Van Hollen and NACO's head of government affairs. We have Senate President Bill Ferguson. He'll be moderating, moderating a session. And we're going to have Everybody in front of county decision makers and the collaboration is going to be amazing. And um, if you didn't know, we're also going to have a live recording of the podcast going on. So that's a good thing to catch as well. So if I had to break it down, we've got four main forums. So let's talk about those. So a couple happening on Wednesday. So Wednesday afternoon, there's two forums. One is on broadening 
broadband, which has been a huge topic of discussion for us, especially coming out of the pandemic. We're noticing, you know, this longstanding digital divide. So this session is going to talk about hurdles and what we can do to overcome those barriers to last mile connectivity. And we've got another one happening at the same time about health and technology. So looking at the future of healthcare and life-saving services that we need on the ground. And then continuing from there, on Friday, we have two important sessions you won't want to miss. So a county elected officials forum. So of course, we'll have everybody from the state coming in and we will be taking care of MAKO's official businesses and we will share best practices together. So that's what it's all about, getting everyone in the room, learning from each other, having our board together, and taking care of the business ahead for our association. And then also on Friday morning is a town hall forum with U.S. Senator Cardin. So Kevin, could you give just a, a little bit more detail about this, and then I'll, I'll close out with what's going on on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, so the, that 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 forum with Senator Cardin is always really good. Senator Cardin literally comes out on the stage and he wants to hear from people in the audience. So there's not much of a script here. He's always very, very open. He wants to have that interaction and he always lines up to do this. So we appreciate that with him. But for, for the attendees, it really provides an opportunity to talk directly with a U.S. Senator who will engage. And, and that's always really, really good. And people get a lot out of that. And back to what you said, Victoria, you know, you mentioned Senator Van Hollen and NACO and Senate President Ferguson, you know, that that session, that's all in one session. And that's on infrastructure. And I think it's a great example. We talk a lot about infrastructure. We talk a lot about what was going on in D.C. Those folks alone, and there are more, including the governor's head of uh, infrastructure subcabinet, all of those folks in one session in one room. And that's one of the, the, the things that's top of minds for counties right now, right? How is this money going to flow? What kind of projects will we be eligible for? Well, all of that stuff is happening, you know, over here, over there, all these questions back and forth. We're going to bring all the decision makers into the room and they're going to be in one session. So I think what you mentioned was great. But I know, Victoria, we're also going to talk about uh, resilience, diversity and equity and inclusion, stuff like clean energy and climate, tourism, affordable housing, public health. I mean, you you name it. We cover the entire range of services. And we're also I'm, I'm happy. And, and this is something we've been doing for a while. We also offer naloxone training on site. We all know the epidemic is still happening, the opioid epidemic. We want to get naloxone in the hands of people, send them back to the counties across the state and have training on how to use it in an emergency situation. That is that's something I'm really proud of. Michael, I know it is for you, too. We've been doing that for a while. But this is the kind of stuff where, again, we're leaving no boxes unchecked here. I will say I'm I'm proud of the internal process. And all three of us have been through this now. You know, after each conference, we do sort of a hot wash on how the event went. And then we shift gears right into, okay, how do we build from here? What else should we be offering while we've got all these people together? Our summer conference brings everybody. Our winter conference brings lots of senior leaders and decision makers. Both of these are events where we have an opportunity to teach and to learn and to share and to grow. So let's do more every time. And you know, we throw stuff out that doesn't work. That's fine. 
But this idea of while we've got all these elected officials and leaders in the room, why don't we do naloxone training? It's not that difficult. We've done CPR training in the past. We've sort of, sort of drifted towards naloxone as as a, a more current and contemporary offering. But the idea of getting some folks actual hands-on training while they're there and people show up for this. Like we'll put this thing at eight o'clock in the morning and people are there ready to learn. It's a great opportunity. Just leverage while we've got the bodies there for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another value added, Victoria, we have, we have these solutions showcase sessions. So Talk a little bit about those because I really believe those are value added for all of our members and all the attendees. Those are an awesome addition that we've we've had in uh, the past few years. Talk a little bit about what those are and why they're so important. Sure. All right. So you've got all of your main conference content going on, all these trainings, meetings, our sessions. But then on top of all that, it's kind of a in wait, there's more moment for us. We've got solution showcases, and these feature innovative and effective ways to address county governance challenges. So you're going to hear from industry experts and thought leaders on how your county and organization can streamline, save money, and achieve whatever goals you have. And let me tell you, I have been blogging out all these solution showcases. And I feel like this year we are covering more ground than ever. We've got clean energy, emergency communications, cybersecurity, health equity, and everything in between. We really will be covering it all. And we'll have some of our corporate partners there to help discuss and answer questions. And then we've got people from all across the state, again, and all across the country even coming in to share how they can help in county governance. So that's just a snapshot of what we've got with those. Right. And and I think it's a it's a pretty common thing that happens at an event like ours. Like, you know, the the membership within Mako. We have some counties that are around a million residents, all the way down to counties who are 30, 40, 50,000. And so the scale can be pretty different from the county commissioner of Kent or Caroline County, up to council members and executives from places like Baltimore County, Montgomery, Prince George's, they're they're on a different scale. So sometimes you come to an event like this and you come away hearing they're doing something really interesting, but I don't think we have, we don't have the expertise on our staff in our small county. We don't have someone who has the expertise in that kind of program. So I don't know how we could run it. Then you come to a showcase session like you just described, and here they are. Here's a private sector partner who has some expertise in an area, and they basically are saying, like, we can be your leader or your partner on a project, even if you don't really have this in-house. But if you want to do an energy audit on all of your facilities, we're here to help, and here's how we can work together on it. You don't need to do that in-house. You don't need to hire a special engineer on the county government staff to do this, we can leverage our expertise. So there's there's a lot of gain from that kind of exposure. And, and a lot of that stuff is very much on point for what county leaders are, are facing today. So I, I do like the expansion in that area. Um, I'll, I'll also say, you know, we close out the session, uh, the whole conference on Saturday with even more content. I really like some of the partners we have in county government like our libraries, like our community colleges. Our community colleges are going to be focused on on Saturday morning. 
we're going to do a big session, you know, as we're talking about looking forward and building for a future economy. Well, our two-year schools are a huge part of that. And thinking about, you know, the role that they play and, and the you know, education with a mind towards competitiveness is, is, is a big part of what we need to be thinking about and what our partners at our two-year schools in the community colleges are, are dead set on. So another thing that we're featuring and really proud of at this event. Yes, that should be great as well. And I, I know I've already said like eight things are my favorite and what I'm looking forward to most, but I also have to mention for the first time ever, we have put together a podcaster's row. I'm really excited about this one. We're going to have several podcasts focus on Maryland politics and policy, including some you may have heard of like Elevate Maryland, No Picks After Dark, Baltimore Positive, Between the Two Chambers, Revenues, and more. So this, this is going to be wonderful. We're going to have all of these podcasts on site. Not only are they going to be able to collaborate with each other, because I do think there's a network of folks out there uh, that have so much knowledge and, and we want to expand it, but also they're going to have the opportunity to talk to state and local elected officials, federal officials, planning and zoning directors, budget directors, just about anybody who's at the conference. This provides a really cool opportunity uh, for people to sit down and talk for a few minutes. And then, of course, the podcasts, they can talk to each other too, right? They can they can collaborate in so many different ways. So I think this one is going to be a huge success. I think it's going to grow. And um, I'm really excited about the, the roster that we have this year because it really does, uh, it's inclusive of most of the big podcasts that people listen to on Maryland policy and politics. So and we're getting a lot of good feedback about that too. Yes, Podcast Row is so exciting. Really looking forward to it and drumming up a lot of attention on social media, which as the comms coordinator, I am all for, of course. And then, you know, we're also going to have candidates floating around conference because um, we'll be headed into another election cycle as we continue on with that. And those candidates will have the opportunity to get interviewed by our podcasters. But speaking of candidates, we also are going to have our statewide candidate forum. So that's going to be our Saturday closing session. The top contenders for governor, comptroller, and attorney general to participate in our candidate forum. And you will have the opportunity to sit in the audience and hear from everybody all in one place. And, you know, if you've got something that you want to talk to them about, they'll be here at conference just for you. I, th I think there's a value added at this event. Now, we're, we're not trying to turn this into, you know, the big throwdown debate and to have this be a sort of partisan political event. That's not our lane. But the idea of aspirants to any of these three roles, I mean, county governments are routinely working closely with the Office of the Controller, working very closely with the Attorney General and his or her staff, working very closely with the governor and the various state agencies. So these relationships are gonna need to be strong and no time like the present to get started on that. So as a candidate getting exposed to some of these issues where it's the county that's actually delivering the service or the county who needs to get the permit or needs to coordinate with the law office or whatever, uh, there's an awful lot of those uh, nuts and bolts issues and partnership issues, which let's get that stuff on the table with candidates and get them, you know, I, I think get them attuned to what they're going to hear from their county government partners if they end up in those roles. Victoria, we, we've gone through sort of your theme here, uh, someone, something, 
for, for everyone. We also know that we're going to have somewhere for everyone. We've talked about all the exhibiting companies, over 300 vendors range, everything from health insurance to sports lighting, everything in between. I know our exhibit hall is close to sold out. The convention center expanded that space. So we're even to, we're able to pack even more in and trust me, we're going to fill it up. So we've also talked, Victoria, about some of our featured events. So we've talked about the, the statewide candidates forum. We just touched on that. Um, we've talked about the Tech Expo. We've talked about the governor is going to have his entire cabinet there. There's a reception where, again, you have exposure to all of the cabinet secretaries right there. Really like that. Everybody's in one spot to, to talk with our counties. But we also have two other big events, right, Victoria? Um, the Crab Feast and the Taste of Maryland. And Victoria, I know you're excited about the Taste of Maryland. I've never gotten to experience Taste of Maryland. And all I heard about it was how everyone was so sad we didn't get to have it last year because it's this awesome experience. So I'm super excited that we are able to bring it back. And I've been on the back end, you know, with all the planning and everything. And I'm seeing some of the stuff that's coming in from all over the state. I think I think the idea for this event is we're borrowing the the flavor and the spirit from events like Taste of Baltimore or the Taste of Washington D.C. or Taste of Chicago, places like that where they would bring in lots of different vendors and restaurants and craftspeople and so forth, and they would all sort of come together in a festival-like setting where you can go and, you know, try a sampler item from a variety of different restaurants. And then you can, you know, watch a, you know, watch a basket weaving demonstration or other things like that. And it's all about celebrating the city and the community you're part of. Well, we've tried to grab that same spirit and say, there's an awful lot about Maryland that's worth celebrating. And a lot that comes from the different parts of the state who are all represented here. So we're going to have all 24 counties with booths in the exhibit hall, and we'll have a whole section of the exhibit hall that we turn into sort of a mini Maryland festival. So the different jurisdictions are going to bring local items. Somebody's going to bring, oh, wait, well, we, we have a company back in our county who makes homemade fudge. We'll have samples of the homemade fudge. The place next door has special popcorns. Somebody else has a brewer. Somebody else has a winery. Somebody else has a baker. All those sorts of things. So it'll sort of be a, a walk through, you know, early dinner time uh, reception, but you get to interact with the tourist staff, the economic development staff, and the leaders from all these different counties, and along the way, some tasty stuff to eat and drink along the way, and that's pretty cool. Love that. What a great opportunity, and, you know, I think that will continue to drum up business for those places, and that's what it's all about, getting people out into our state, into places they've never been before, and to start investing in local businesses. So what an awesome opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, so that that gets us through Thursday, and a Thursday evening event, so that's terrific, but you can't have the Mako, Mako Conference in August without the Friday night crab feast. Circle the date event for everybody in and around the conference. 100%, yes, that is our drum roll event, a great way to round out our conference. And Kevin, why don't you talk a little bit more about what that looks like and, and why it's so important not to miss out on it? Oh, I mean, I mean, I think Michael mentioned it. I mean, this is what a lot of people know about the conference. This is a staple of the Mako conference. So we've gotten through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
Friday evening is sort of a chance for people to put their shorts on, um, head back out to the crab feast. And, and this is a jam-packed event too, right? You have the same folks we've talked about before. They're all here as well. This provides a more relaxed environment. And of course, uh, crabs. I've talked to Virginia White about the crabs. I'm not a big crab person. And I, and I know that's probably not good for me to say here, but yeah, I'm thinking we like, might have to cast you off for a second, Kevin. I'll, I'll eat some. I'll eat some. I'm just not the best at picking them. But okay, I do, okay. I do, I do know that we we bring an awful lot of crabs in for this event. So just to sort of put it in perspective, uh, Virginia was saying uh, bushels and bushels of crabs. So maybe like 120 bushels, seven dozen crabs in a bushel. That's 840 dozen or over 10,000 crabs. So we're talking over wow. 10,000 crabs here, right? 500 pounds of J.O. crab seasoning. Like this is a big deal. There's a lot of people here, but again, this is a way for all those same people, local, state, elected officials, federal officials, people running for office, professionals from the county world, vendors, another chance for them to all in a more relaxed setting, get together, talk about politics, policy. This is a great event. And Michael, you are like the weather guru here. It's my understanding, like we've always been fortunate, or at least in the the previous few years, we've had really good weather for this. So I'm going to need you to do whatever you do. Well, we, we have we have scheduled, it's going to be uh, 78 degrees, beautiful sun. Um, it's going to be just absolutely perfect weather. We already put in all the paperwork with that. Our, our folks in the town of Ocean City and Worcester County have all signed off on everything in triplicate. So that's an error-free process ahead. It's going to be beautiful weather for a great event. If you want to crack crabs, you can do that. If you want to eat, eat corn or have a veggie burger or whatever, we got options like that. But it is a can't-miss event. And I think that's exactly right. You roll up your sleeves, you grab a seat at the table, and that that Maryland tradition of it's not just dinner together it's sort of going through an experience together and you pass stuff around you got the rolled paper and all that kind of stuff it is like you can't have a big event in Maryland without building around something like this I think so it's it's the wise thing to do independent of whether you know whether you and I are good crab eaters so that's fair enough yeah but look we've gone through a lot of content here. We can't do the conference justice in one podcast episode, but I think you get the idea. We're going to have a bunch of links for everything we've talked about in the show notes, and there's a lot there. So, Victoria, why don't you tell people, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not registered, you should be. I, I guarantee you that. If you have an interest in Maryland policy or politics, no matter what your role, you should be down there. Tell them how they can register Victoria. Give them everything they need to know about if they're not how they can make sure they're registered and be a part of this conference because it's going to be a, a, a huge event and a big deal. Absolutely. And by the way, if you don't know how to pick crabs, you'll sit down next to a former county commissioner and they'll teach you how because I got judged severely last summer conference for my lack of skills and I have been schooled in how to do it from now on. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. Our next registration deadline is August 5th. So you need to register now at our best prices before those rates increase. So again, that was August 5th. So just go to the MAKA website and we'll have that linked for you. It's easy to register. And if you have any questions or concerns along the way, you can call us, email us, and we will help you out. So we've also got a couple remaining sponsorships available, and we've got some good ones left. I'm actually kind of surprised. 
So the daily conference email is still left and you will reach every single one of the 3,000 plus attendees with that email. Breakfast, all four days of conference, the golf tournament lead. There's even a couple crab feast and tech expo items left like crab feast ice cream or the main buffet. So these are all great ways to gain visibility and you can check more about that online as well. And lastly, as the comms coordinator, I've always got to plug in our communications channels. So if you're not following us on social media, be sure to do so. And the best way to keep up with Mako is by subscribing to our Conduit Street blog. We send that out daily. We've always got new information there. And we also have a countdown email. So we are looking at three weeks out right now and headed down to two weeks and then one. So everything you need to know to have a great conference experience will be in those emails. So again, check out the links with the podcast and we will get you all set up and plugged in. Victoria, I know our comms are fantastic. And as as sitting here on the Condo Street podcast, we have a, a great Twitter account. Of course, folks should follow along there as well. And I do want to mention again that this event for Worcester County is, is a big deal. And we are very, very happy to, to do that and to bring all these people down to Ocean City for Summer Conference. Again, August 17th through the 20th in Ocean City. Don't miss it. Victoria, thank you so much for being with us. Again, you are a huge contributor to this podcast in so many different ways. So we're really happy to have you today help us walk through the summer conference. We appreciate that. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe. That way, all these episodes will be sent directly to the device of your choice. Of course, follow along on social media like Victoria mentioned. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and then, of course, the Conduit Street blog. But for Victoria Moss and for Michael Sanderson, this is Kevin Canale signing off. We will see you in Ocean City, and we'll talk to you soon.